Hello, hello. Welcome back to Toto Football. I am Luke Weezer Seychelles and today I am joined with Andy, aka at FPL Mode on Twitter. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you so much for having me. That's all right. That's all right. You getting itchy for the FPL season to begin? Oh, just a bit. Obviously, when it uh, launched, I was looking at my phone. I was on a school trip at the time and I was looking <laughs> at my phone, constantly checking prices, seeing how it was going. But um, yeah, I think you want it to end because you want a bit of a break and then you have a week and you think, oh, I quite fancy it being back now because you go through weekends and it's not the same. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it being back now. Obviously today, Fantasy Premier League special. We're going to preview ahead of the new season. I'm really excited for it. Andy, are you feeling confident for this season? <laughs> it's, it's always hard to say because obviously every season is completely different. I'd love to have a season that isn't interrupted by anything this year. That That's what I'm really looking forward to because we haven't had that in a really long time, like four years, I think it is. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to an uninterrupted season because I think it's really helped the casuals. I'll say that people that maybe don't look at it quite as much as I do, but it's really helped them because we've had so many wild cards and things like that. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it this season. Yeah, there needs to be a few less double game weeks, that's for sure, because that was ridiculous last season. Well, fingers crossed, it does stick like that. Obviously, all the FPL prices are out, the game's ready, there's lots of drafts being made on Twitter. I did see you start to post a few pictures now sharing your draft how's the reaction from everyone else gone down to them <laughs> it's it's the typical um uh, like obviously i've been on twitter for a while now i love twitter the twitter community is amazing but it's so funny how they react to things so it's either that everything's too template and people don't like it and everybody's got the same players or they're having a go at you because you've got different players to them so that's literally the only two real reactions i get so most of it is absolutely fine there's a lot of team a lot of the team kind of picks itself kind of but yeah i'm I'm fairly happy with it at the moment to be honest i've made my team i haven't touched it in four or five days so the real tinkering time hasn't really happened yet yeah yeah i've been getting a few people ask me some questions and it's a bit like wait until pre-season because for me there's so many teams that are unknown you've got chelsea we don't know how they're going to set up and how they're going to look yeah. under potch Liverpool got a great new midfield building now. You've got the added threat at Newcastle and Arsenal have some rice in that middle. So it is really important to wait until pre-season. But the first player we're going to obviously talk about is Haaland, 14 million this year. Everyone's yeah. still putting him in their team despite that. Will you be starting with Haaland? And do you think FPL should have made him more expensive? Yeah, I, to be honest, I was really pleasantly surprised they made him 14 mil. I had a horrible feeling he was going to be 13, 13.5, and he was just a no-brainer. The thing is, even at 14, he's a no-brainer for me. There, there's no doubt in my mind that I will be starting with him, that he'll be my captain. As long as he's fit, that he'll be my captain for the majority of the season. The the problem is, like you've got Man City, who are the best team in the league. They're the most creative team in the league. He's got the most creative players behind him. And he is an elite striker. He is a world-class striker. So we've been waiting for it for ages for City. They've got him now. Obviously, he was un- unbelievable last season, breaking all records all over the place. You just can't go against somebody like that. And even if you got him in and you said, right, I'm going to captain somebody else, it doesn't make sense to do that because of what his EO is going to be. So you get him in, you captain him, and then you try and get your points elsewhere in the team. 14 million is still a no-brainer. He-, he went straight in. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, no, I was the exact same, put him straight in. Last season, I actually was one of them who was like, nah, don't put him in straight away, I'll put in Kane, and that completely went against me to start. But yeah, (laughs) I thought it was still a really good price. 
And I think Pep's actually used him a lot more last season than we expected. There was games, mm. I think Everton was one I'm thinking about. They were 2 3 no, three, no up and he stayed on till the 60th, 70th minute. So I actually think he's getting a lot more game time than we all expected last season, which is brilliant for us. And I don't know about you, but I don't see that changing next season. No, not at all. And it, don't get me wrong, obviously, they're going to go all out in all their competitions. They go in, but they've won the Champions League now. That that was the big thing that they wanted to do. They wanted to win the Champions League. So they're obviously going to keep him fresh for all of those, which, like you said, he actually played a hell of a lot more than we expected him to. But they've won it, you know, and they've got Alvarez in the background there who, who did incredibly well when he played. So I think Harlan's going to be playing as much as possible in the league, just like he usually is. And actually... Are we building a team for the whole season? We're not. We're building a team for the first four or five weeks. And is he going to be playing every game in the first four or five weeks? 100% he will be. So, yeah, he's he's a deadlock in my team. He's the only player that will, will not be moving from my team up till deadline. I agree. And it will be interesting because I think, as you say, now they've won the Champions League. The Premier League looks like it could be really competitive next season. And again, that's just going to work towards our favour for Ireland because Pep mm. will want them to... Just keep on being at the top until they can. He won't want a little scare like they had last season. You know, he won't want that where it's the last eight weeks they have to kind of turn up when they've got yeah. maybe other competitions they want to do. I know Pep will obviously want to go for more Champions League titles now. It'll be really interesting. But yeah, he's definitely the one premium we've all got in. Obviously, the other two main ones are Kane and Salah. Kane, yeah. amazing last season. 30 goals in that Spurs team. If you're going to have to do two premium options, who are you picking? Is it Haaland and Kane or is it Haaland and Salah? I think it would be Haaland and Salah for me. Mainly because, and don't get me wrong, Kane's amazing. This is not me saying that Kane is. He is absolutely <laughs> incredible. What he, did, what he did last year was silly, really. But I think Salah as a midfielder, on penalties, in that Liverpool team, Bournemouth game week two, which obviously you've got to yeah. think about captaincy with that one and whether you go with captaincy there for, for, for Salah. I think for me, it's got to be Salah. Also because of the structure of your team, I don't like the look of going for Kane and Haaland because it just weakens that midfield and, and weakens that defence a little bit too much. Whereas I like the drafts that I've seen with Salah and Haaland. I think that kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Also, if Salah gets injured or whatever, you know, you can move to Kane really easily. You can move from Kane to Salah really easily. So I think it's just based on which one you fancy. I think Salah's the one I go for personally. I think it was FPL who tweeted out his uh, record in the first game week and it's double oh. digits most of the time. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he can do that again. And as I said, Liverpool looking so much stronger. Last 10 games last season, they were ridiculous as well. I think that's gone yeah. quite under the carpet just because it was the end of the season. Klopp won't want to be, you know, battling Europa League again. He'll want to be against City. Obviously, of course, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think a lot of people are overlooking him. Even though he's 8 mil, I've put him straight in. I think he's my second popular, uh, second favourite transfer. What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I thought I love the fact he was 8 mil. We haven't had an 8 mil uh, defender start the season for quite a while. So I was quite excited that he was. But again, he was somebody that he, he was a bit of a lock as soon as I saw him come out. Because I just thought, like you just said, ended the season really, really well. Robertson has kind of tailed off quite a bit. And he's got all that um, all that competition from Simicus as well. Van Dyke doesn't seem to be the same player. And also they're not keeping an awful lot of clean sheets. They, they got a little bit better towards the end, but they're not. 
Um, and obviously next to Van Dyke, we don't have like a Gomez of old that is just going to play every game. So it's kind of Trent or nothing. And obviously with Trent kind of having this, could he play in midfield? Is he going to be getting further forward? He's talking constantly about how much he loves attacking more than defending. And it just kind of makes you feel like this is going to be another one of those Trent seasons where he just continues to, you know, do so well. And I think because we've got so many bargain options in midfield and defence, like a lot of players that we think are probably underpriced, I think you can be quite happy going with Trent, 8 million you can make a really good team, even though you've got Trent. I think the biggest question is whether you go Trent or Salah. That that seems to be a big thing on a lot of people's lips. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Because at the moment, I've picked Trent over Salah to accommodate Trent more. Uh, yeah. I think you're right. The midfield there's is stacked, really, with players around six and a half, seven mil. I, I, I think you can maybe get away with Salah for a bit, even though... I really don't want to. He people said he had a poor season last season, but it actually was still one of the best out of FPL midfielders out there. So hopefully a new preseason will look good. And yeah, Trent's Trent's looking good in preseason. He's training. Yeah. Got the number ten for England. What did you think about that when you saw that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, honestly, this is another one where the FPL community just went. Oh my God, he's number 10. He's going to be in midfield next year. Um, and obviously, like, there could be games that he is. And there are games when he kind of basically is at the moment anyway. Um, I, I, it, I, think, I think Trent is a good hold and he's a good player to have instead of Salah based on our structures and things like that. Look at Bournemouth game week two. I've mentioned it already. Look what happened last year. They won 9-0. Salah did nothing. Trent hauled. There is that that happens. That does happen sometimes with Liverpool. They tend to do really, really well against those weaker teams. It tends to be Trent that, that really hauls from them. So my biggest thing, I think, with Salah is, are you going to be captain him in game week two? If you are, then yeah, I would look to get him in. If you're not, look at those first six, seven weeks. How often are you actually going to captain him? Because most people are going to be on Haaland anyway. And if the answer is, I'm not going to captain him at all, I think that's where you can start looking at maybe like kind of swerving Salah uh, but it's an interesting discussion yeah for sure it's it's just so exciting this start of the season when you literally <laughs> you got limited transfers you can do what you want and you can just play around yeah. someone's going to score in pre-season like I think I saw Bowen get a goal and assist yesterday yeah, yeah. I know it's against Ball and Wood but I was like right might get him in the start <laughs> of the season as well in the kind of top six clubs there's Bruno Fernandes eight and a half mil for me I thought that was a proper bargain mainly because he plays about 95% of the minutes. What were your thoughts on that? I, I didn't really get why he was 8.5 million, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, but Especially with Rashford being nine, I thought they would be basically the same. But yeah, I was really surprised it was 8.5. He's on penalties. He was the most creative player in the league. I think he played more minutes than any other player in Europe last year. He's nailed on, plays every game. He could potentially have a new striker by season starts, which would obviously help him, you know, the same way that it does any team that's got a striker. Look at City with Haaland coming in. So I don't really get that. At the moment, he's in my team. I've got him and Rashford in my team at the moment. Fixtures are nice to start with. I think they're, they're not amazing, but they're, they're quite nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm really surprised he was 8.5. With Mount signing, I fully believe that Mount is going to be playing next to Casemiro, slash a little bit forward, playing that box-to-box role. And I just think Bruno's just going to have free reign in that in that kind of 10 role, uh, already being the most creative player in the league. I don't see how it isn't going to get better next year with another season of Ten Hag, another season of knowing the system. 
better players coming in. Casemiro is obviously completely embedded now. I don't see how it isn't a brilliant season for him. And for 8.5 million, if he was 10, people would be going, oh, yeah, but could that happen? Might not happen. For 8.5, I think it's completely worth the gamble that he, he hits the ground running again. So especially with the fact he's on pens, first five game weeks, could he get two pens and justify his price? 100%. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a complete bargain, like you said. Mount's an interesting one. Do you see, a f- you're a Man United fan, right? Do you see Mount being possibly even played as a right winger more than he's played as a cam for Man United? I'd be very surprised because <laughs> that's the one position that we seem to, we seem to have so many yeah. wingers and those kind of inside forwards. So I'd be very surprised. I think he will help our wings, if that makes sense. So I think yeah. he'll be going out there and, and helping. And that kind of, he kind of drifts to that area a little bit anyway. But I think... From everything I've read in press conferences and things like that, Ten Hag has said, you know, you're going to be our eight. You're going to be our box-to-box player. And I think that's what he wants to do. I think he wants to get back to doing that. I don't think he'll play every single game. I think because we've got options there, you know, like Ericsson can play. We've got people like Fred McTominay, unless they're sold beforehand, which they might be sold. So I don't think he'll play absolutely every game. And I don't think I'd be picking him for FPL. But I do think it unleashes Bruno even more, which I think is the big thing for us in FPL. Yeah, I think it's right. We're seeing, again... Similar, Havertz, arguably he's going to be in a similar position to Mount, where he's been yeah. a centre-forward before and seems like a new tactical evolution has come in, doesn't it, with right-backs kind of playing more advanced, these more attacking mm. mids coming in. But I think for United, when you've got Casemiro as your centre-defensive mid, he can cover about three midfielders, can't he? Oh, he's brilliant. Honestly, like we, I was looking through a lot of the teams the other day and I was thinking, like, who are their most important players? Like who, when they are out, their team doesn't perform very well. And then majority are CDMs. Majority of them are those <laughs> players that, you know, like Casemiro, all of a sudden, if it, when he's out, it makes such a massive difference to Manchester United. And we saw it, you know, years gone by with Chelsea with Kante. Um, he, it was that same kind of player where... They just can't play their usual game if he's not there. It's why so many players are trying to get, so many teams are trying to get Caicedo because, you know, he could play that kind of role and Chelsea feel like they need him, which I think they do. So it's, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I do think as long as Casemiro's fit, I think United are going to have a good season. And just on that, talking about Mount moving, how that's moving and Kunku for Chelsea, how do you feel he could Mm -hmm. do this season? I don't know. <laughs> That's such a rubbish answer as well. Yeah. But I just don't know. Chelsea have just got such a historically bad output from their strikers. I think their their last good striker was a Costa, maybe. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, they've taken so long. Obviously, they've, they've had big ones. You know, Costa and Drogba obviously did incredibly. But, you know, I was one of those people that brought in Werner uh, when he was when he first came to Chelsea. Everybody said he's going to be incredible. I think he was 60% owned when he first came in. And he just didn't. It just didn't work. And and Kunku's a great player. And people that played Champions League fantasy football last year, they loved him, you know, and they they should have done as well. He was incredible for Leipzig last year. But I think now he's moved to Chelsea. He's a wait and see for me. And I think it's perfect that I think his fixtures change from game week three onwards. I think they're quite nice. So I think it's a wait and see, see how he beds in. If he can get a couple goals in those first two games, he's going to be owned by a lot of people, I think. And I think he's going to be one of those high transfers in. He's a great player. It's just whether Pochettino and Chelsea can get him working. I'm not convinced yet, but I'd be more than happy to be proved wrong. Yeah, 7.5 mil as well. So if he does start Mm. banging, he'd be a really, really nice option, especially with some of the typical players like Tony out. And arguably Wilson has gone up quite a bit to 8 mil, you know. It's a nice type of cheaper option, so to say. Moving on, just a quick one here. What's your like top tip for those going into the new FPL season? Because there is so many new players year on year. 
Yeah, there is. Uh, what did we get to last year? Was it about 12 mil? I think, I think it was close, on? yeah. Very yeah, close. You can only that. imagine it getting bigger. Like you can see like a lot of celebs are starting to get into this as well, aren't they? I saw um KSI is really getting into it now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, which is awesome. Like, this is what we want. We want it to grow. My biggest tip would probably be don't be scared of the template. Don't, you know, because last year all of it was about, oh, everybody's got the same team, everybody's got the same team. This year already it started, everybody's got the same team. It's really easy to make a team. Yes, it is, but you're picking that team because you think they're going to score the most points in the next couple of weeks, whatever it is. Don't be scared that other people are saying, oh, that's the same as me. That's boring. That's boring. Yeah, but points aren't boring. Like <laughs> you you pick those players because they're not because they're template. You're picking them because you think they're going to score you points. And I tell you now, there's nothing worse than having a 0.1% owned player that doesn't get you any points. It doesn't help you at all. So pick those players because that you think they're going to get you points. And it is great when them 0.1% player, players pull it off but you know it isn't that often that that happens it is rare really it'll help you for a week rare. and then the next six it won't <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. talking about like low own players differentials are obviously a huge part of the game for me yeah. i said him before but wilson i think i was looking at his stats and i think he's got 0.79 expected goals per 90 minutes mm-hmm. which when i've compared it with the ones above him the 10 above him he's actually the second best only below oh, yeah. Harland. So differentials, who's the standouts for you? Oh, well, I did a bit of homework before I came on for you. So I've got a few <laughs> differentials. So um, I've got a few. Mitrovic, I think Mitrovic is a banging differential. I think uh, last time I checked, he was about 6% owned. On penalties, Fulham were a good team last year. People really underrated Fulham. They're good at home. He scores goals for fun, especially when he's on it. He's got good providers behind him. Silva's got them playing good football. 6% owned, I think, is lovely. Son, at about 5.5% owned. If Ange Postacoglu can get them playing the way that everybody thinks they're going to get them playing, he could be a great differential. He's obviously taken a hell of a um, uh, yep. price cut now. He was 12 mil, I think, to start last season. Crazy. And he's, and he's 9 mil now. So massive cut there for a player that we know can do it. If Kane gets sold and they don't sign another, there's even the possibility he plays up front by himself if they really don't fancy Richarlison. So, yeah, I think Son's a good little one. Andreas Pereira? If Mitrovic yep. is out at any point, obviously he was in everybody's team last year. He's gone up a mil this year. Rightly so. He's on a lot of set pieces. If Mitrovic doesn't play, he's on penalties as well. Lovely stuff. Chilwell at 4.4%. Yeah. Don't think it's bad. I think a lot of people will be going, James, we know his legs are made of poppadoms. So Chilwell's <laughs> not a bad little shout. And then I've got some of the strikers from some of the newly promoted teams slash lower teams. Morris, I think, is great at, at Luton. 5.5 million on penalties. I played Gaffer last year. He's brilliant in that. Uh, Solanke, I've always loved Solanke. Their fixtures are horrific to start with, but he's 2.8% owned. Lovely if you want to, you know, pick him up when their fixtures change. And uh, Ndai from Sheffield United, 1.5%. Absolutely brilliant for Sheffield United last year. He's a striker, but I think he's somebody that you could take a punt on potentially as a, a striker that can sit on your bench. You could bring him in in certain times, especially if you want to rotate him with a 4.5 defender. Uh, so yeah, though that, that's your lot. I thought I'd give you a few there. <laughs> no, I like him. I had a few in my head as well. And Dai was one of them because well, I'm a Palace fan and we got them away, uh, Sheffield United away from home first game of the season. I was like, that is probably one of three fixtures I just did not want because when <laughs> they did that pre-COVID season, their home yeah. atmosphere was ridiculous it wasn't like a 12th man it was like they had 15 men at yeah. times and yeah and one who can unlock that team it's not shocking that and has been linked to other teams 
abroad in like Ligue 1 yeah. or other Premier League teams because he is a very solid player. I think as well, Luton, they're gonna their little stadium is gonna be a bit of a crowd. And yeah, I think these differentials when they're at home, they could be huge. They could be huge. Obviously, yeah. there's gonna be better players out there, but for them little one week punts or three week punts, I think they'll be good. And Son, that's that's an exciting one. I'm tempted by him. Yeah. And obviously he said he had the hernia injury for most of last season. No, it wasn't great for him, but he did actually score 10 goals. I know he was shocking, yeah. but you yeah. know, if he can get back to 20, he, if he's getting 10, whenever I was calling him shocking, then nine mil, he's definitely worth it as well. Differentials are always fun, but you know, I think I do agree with what you're saying earlier about sticking to the template a bit, because at the end of the day, there's a reason it's template, isn't it? So yeah. You know. And and it's not pick players because they're template. It's pick your players. And if they're template, it doesn't matter. You don't have to get rid of them kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And one of, one of the defenders I was looking at is Brantwaite. I know Everton, everyone's saying maybe go for Pickford. Obviously, I'm not mm-hmm. too sure how I feel about Everton, but if they can do all right under Sean Dyche, then Brantwaite coming back from loan from PSV did well yeah. there. Everton have lost a few of their centre-backs now. Connor Cody's gone. Holgate looks yeah. like he was going... If Sean Dyche can get back to his clean sheets, I'd I'd love to bring a yeah. four, million, four million defender in. It'd be amazing. <laughs> nah, fair play. I like it. I haven't heard that one yet this year, so I like it. I'll put him on my watch list, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we have to see if he actually plays in pre-season. I'll yeah, get yeah. slowed out first. That's a post-pre-season one. Talking a bit about the differentials there, but obviously people are going to have lots of players from the top six. Who are mm. well, the traditional big six, I'd like to say, because obviously it's been massively upset over the last season. What sort yeah. of players are you looking to buy from the big six? A lot of them. Problem <laughs> is, all the, the you know those those typical big six have nice fixtures. That's the problem. If I kind of work my way down them, so Arsenal first. So Arsenal have, I mean, Saka has been a lock in my team. He's on pens. He's such a good player, and his X-Mins are through the roof with that team as well. So Saka's top of my list for Arsenal. Odegaard's got to be in the conversation. I don't like Odegaard as much this year, I don't think. Now they've signed Havertz. I, I just feel like Odegaard will kind of drift back a little bit at times. But I do I think he had an incredible season last year last season. He was even better than Saka in terms of points, but I feel like Odegaard's a second for me. And then I think you probably got to consider Jesus because he's that perfect price point up top that you can move off him after the first couple of weeks if you need to, to somebody like Nkunku if you wanted to. So I think he's got to be there as well. Are we are we counting Chelsea as top six? Uh, we'll give it a go. I think they, <laughs> I think they will because the problem I had with this question is I'm going to annoy people who I've got into the big six, aka Newcastle, yeah. and if I don't say the traditional ones, I'm going to annoy all the other yeah, fans. Yeah, exactly. Which fans are worse <laughs> to annoy? I'm probably going to say the traditional big six teams at the moment. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get Chelsea enough. in there. Yeah. So Chelsea, um, the wing backs. You've got to always think about the wing backs for Chelsea. Chilwell and James. It depends on the system he wants to play. And you've already alluded to this, that we don't know how Pochettino is going to play yet. We haven't been given any clues, really. But James, if he does play wing back, he is genuinely one of the best players in the league. So he's got to be under your consideration if he's fit, if he's playing wing back. And apart from that, I suppose you've got to think about Nkunku as well. I think Nkunku could be a really good shout. He's definitely on my watch list. Moving down, Liverpool, obviously Salah. You know, there's there's no no kind of going against that. You've got to think about Salah. He's one of the best FPL players ever. Then Trent. Salah yeah. and Trent are just, you know, staples in anybody's team, really. And apart from that, I think I'd probably be tempted with someone like Gakpo. I think Gakpo is a, a player that I'm expecting to get minutes. It's a real 
kind of minefield trying to pick one of those attacking midfielders yeah. slash wingers slash strikers that in their team. But I think Gakpo would probably be my favourite. Man City. <laughs> I mean, Haaland. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, it's, it's really so tough. hard. Half of them have either been sold or are going to be sold or they're new players. Definitely not Edison. Good God, <laughs> don't go Edison. There looks like they're signing that Cavadio. Looks like that's pretty much going to happen for about 90 mil. I'm sure it's all legit money. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But I mean, Stones is being banded around a lot as well. I just, I struggle to pick City players yeah. that aren't, that aren't you know, Haaland. Obviously, De Bruyne is out to start with. Maybe that means Foden kind of gets to play in that role. Grealish could be an interesting shout, less than 10% mm. known, but, um, and he should be sober by then as well. But yeah, apart from Haaland, I haven't had any City players in my team. I just really struggle to pick them. And then United, Bruno, Rashford, I think are the two big ones for me. I've got Shaw in my team as well. I think Shaw is a great shout at the back. Depends what Onana comes in at. If Onana comes in at five, I don't think he will. I think it'd be 5.5. But yeah, Shaw, Rashford, Bruno, my three favourites there. Are we counting Spurs? Spurs in there too? Well, I think Spurs is probably obvious, isn't it? Kane, Madison. Yeah. I don't know if you're going for yeah. any defenders. Son. Son, yeah. yeah, of course. But yeah. They... Well, Pedro Porro as well, I guess, a defender. Yeah, yeah, he does look really good. It, it Obviously, there are so many good plays from then. Man City is so interesting because you can get so good if you do try one or two-week punt yeah. on some of their players, but yeah. it's just so risky. And yeah, you brought up Foden there. I just... I think it's hard because even if the Bruyne is out for a month or something, then what after that month, you're going to have to think about swapping Foden out. And I know yeah. he's a decent amount, but it's just, I think it's too much risk. And when you only can technically make one free transfer or two free transfers a week, I think it's yeah. definitely worth just sticking with the players who you know are going to play a lot. Uh, yeah, I was going to say like City, it, you, there's no middle ground with City. You either get hauls from them or you barely get them playing. Like there's, there's literally doesn't seem to be any kind of middle ground with them, unless you pick someone like Rodri, for instance. But most people before they pick a City player go, yeah, I'm happy with the risk. Absolutely happy with the risk. Then they start not playing and they're like, no, don't like this, don't like this. And they want to get them out straight away. So they are really hard players to pick. It, it's Haaland and be happy if you don't go with anybody else. It's absolutely fine. It'd be interesting if Wan-Bissaka, he probably won't now, but if he did leave, because I think Dallo when he does play, he is actually a pretty good asset. Five mil, if people were looking for Shaw is too expensive, then I thought Dallo would have been good, but I'm just too worried about the rotation risk, really, at United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, because they, they, Wan-Bissaka kind of had it a bit nailed by the end. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to get enough assists, to be fair. he's not. We <laughs> know what he's in there for, so... Yeah, bless him. We kind of alluded to some of them there, but is there any players from these traditional big six teams that you think definitely need to be avoided? Oh, I mean, we've already mentioned that every Man City player apart yeah. from Haaland, <laughs> yeah. uh, which sounds sounds awful, but it's just the way I play. A lot of people will go for those risks, but I don't think I will be. Arsenal, it's a really tough one with Arsenal. I don't think I'd be going for Ben White now. I feel yeah. like because they're signing that timber, aren't they? And I feel like that worries me a little bit with with what's going to be happening with Ben White. So I don't think I'd be going there. Havertz is somebody that I feel like they're just signing him for depth. He's going to play, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be the player we want him to be quite yet. And he's always been streaky anyway. Uh, so I don't think I'd be going for that one. Chelsea, I mean, again, I, yeah, they're literally just a watch list team, aren't they? They're just a, let's just see what happens. Um, so I, 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 it's a really tough one there. 
Liverpool, I don't think there'd be too many I'd be avoiding apart from I'd be really cautious with, like I said, with those attacking midfielders, wingers, strikers that they've got. They've got so many of them and I'd be struggling to pick one like Darwin, Jota, Gakpo, you know, Salah's got it nailed and then there's kind of, what, three positions for about six players. So I think I'd be struggling a bit there. Man United, I wouldn't be getting Mountain. Um, Like I said, I don't expect him to play in that advanced role. Some people do, and I could be wrong there, but I don't think I would be. And then Spurs, unless their name's Kane, Son or Porro or or Madison, I suppose. I don't think I'd be going any Spurs. I would not be going any Spurs defensive assets apart from Porro, because at least Porro's got the attacking returns. I don't expect him to keep many clean shoots this year. Yeah, well, last season, I know a new manager now, but they actually conceded the sixth most goals in the Premier League. Shocking part of the reason that they struggled so much and yeah, they're losing a few of them like Sanchez, but I think some of them like Dyer, who to me just aren't good enough for that level, they're still going to be yeah. in there. So it is going to be a bit of, it'll be interesting because if everyone's saying what they're saying about Postacoglu, then it's going to be about who's scoring the most goals really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, big time. Yeah, it's going to be Kevin Keegan football, isn't it? Yeah, I can't wait for yeah. it. I can't wait. Yeah. And yeah, obviously we've got some of these traditional big six teams, but there are so many other teams in the division. Watkins was always a favourite. Is there any other players that you really want to get from kind of like the other 14 sides in the division? Uh, yeah, um, there's a few. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's going to be in a lot of teams. And with Tony's suspension, he's been quite popular. And Bumo's 6.5 million, you know, for Brentford. I, I think with their fixtures as well, he's going to be in an awful lot of teams. And rightly so, to be perfectly honest. The Brighton lads, um, obviously McAllister's left now. He was everybody's favourite because he was on pens. But Matoma... Uh, I think Matoma is still going to have a good season. I think a lot of people are saying about the fact he got found out towards the end of last season, but it was it was a long season, and I think he's still the bright spark in that in that Brighton team. There's Stupinan as well in that team. I think is absolutely brilliant. So uh, I think he's going to be quite popular. I'm just trying to think who else. Newcastle have obviously got their players as well. I think their defenders, yeah. Trippier, Botman, vastly different reasons there, <laughs> and then. West Ham, I think, you know, Bowen isn't a bad shout. I don't, I, I've always liked Bowen and I think he is a good player. Paqueta is somebody I'm expecting to have a really good season as well. So yeah. there are there are always players everywhere. The the promoted teams as well, I know we're going to talk about in a minute. They've got a few little gems in there too. But before I finish, well, Crystal Palace, Eze, yeah. at least he looks like he could be out for the start of the season. So Eze is going to be their talisman. And he he proved that he could be their talisman last year as well. And obviously with Zaha gone now as well, I think. Um, That's so interesting because obviously they off contract for Zaha. Eze was just amazing and now he's fully over that Achilles injury from the season before you saw him towards the end of the season absolutely thrive couldn't believe it about Elise hopefully he'll be back September October rumours are Palace want a striker as well I would have loved I thought for FPL reasons it would have been perfect if like a Palace got Balogun because 4.5 mil going to start probably about 8% of the games it would have been a delight it would have helped me save a lot of money for elsewhere I was expecting that um, Victor from Coventry to come into the Premier League at oh, some yeah. point, but he's gone elsewhere, I think, hasn't he? Sport in Lisbon, so he's yeah. that dream's dead and gone. Look, yeah. there's going to be a lot of them teams coming up from the Premier League that really believe they can beat some of these teams below because you look at how Everton were last season, how Wolves were last yeah. season. It's it's crazy. It's it's crazy, I think, we're in for it. I thought last season was one of my favourite Premier League seasons for a while. Um, just because of everything that was going on, all the battles there were throughout the table. I really think it could happen again. I think you're going to get more teams challenging the traditional big six. The money that some of these teams can spend. Villa, they look a huge threat under Emery. You know, 
West Ham will even want to be doing better than they did last season. And then you've got yeah. some of these other teams like Brentford who really have aspirations to, like Brighton, get into Europe. So, right. So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions on just the Premier League. Uh, I'm asking okay. everyone. I'm getting on the podcast before the start of the season so we can see who's right and who's wrong. But um, <laughs> who do you think will win the Premier League? Oh, <laughs> it pains me to say it, but they're they're the best team in the world at the moment. You yeah. know, they really are. And it's City. It's going to be interesting to see how they do. Obviously, Gundogan's gone. Is Mara's going to go? KDB's injured to start with. Is that going to affect them? I mean, Pep's done this so many times before. You know, he fills gaps so well. So I'd be very, very surprised if City don't win the league, which is sound, is boring, but that's what I expect. I think... I don't think Chelsea are going to make as many strides as people think they're going to make. I think if they get top four, they've done incredibly well this year. I think Liverpool will be back. I think they'll be much better. I don't yeah. think they'll solve their defensive issues, but I think that midfield is already looking so much yeah. better than it did last year. Jobberschlei and um, uh, McAllister really add to that midfield. So I think that's great pieces they've added there. So I expect them top four. I expect Arsenal to be up there as well. Yeah. I really do. I think they've made some quality sign. I think Rice is brilliant. And obviously Saliba, they've got back on a, a big contract as well. So that's all great. Uh, and I expect United to be up there too. Um, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be. Yeah, no, I actually think United had a pretty decent first season under Ten Hag. Mm. There was obviously a few games that, you know, stuff crept in. It's maybe the United of the seasons before. But yeah, I think they're going to be really good. I think Liverpool, for me, are going to be C's main threat again. I don't know why. I just, that end run, as I said earlier, I just think that was ridiculous what they did and if they've yeah. got even better players now, is how's that going to stop? They just hopefully need their attackers scoring a lot more. You can't always rely on Salah now. So, yeah, they haven't really replaced Mane, have they? No. You think like, yeah, and I suppose they still haven't really got that striker. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. But like you said, it's, it just makes it an interesting season again. Yeah, for sure. I really, really kind of want Darwin Nunes to start coming good with the goals because, you know, yeah. he's sometimes getting them in the right positions. And you think if a young player under Klopp, they always improve and, well, you never know, yeah. it could be in everyone's fantasy team come the end yeah, of the Yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but, you know, we can we can no. dream. <laughs> yeah. And then who do you think will get relegated from the Premier League? I think a lot harder, this one. It is, actually. Do you know what I was looking through and there was four or five that I was like, oh, I think Luton are going to struggle. I, I do think they're going to struggle. I think they'll be okay at home. But I think they're going to struggle throughout the whole season, to be perfectly honest. And when you look at their signings that they're making, players like Ogbené and that, I think they're preparing to go down so they have a good squad back in the Championship, which is fair enough. So I think they'll struggle. Out of the promoted teams, I think Burnley will do okay. They are completely different Burnley to what we're used to. They did very, very well in the Championship last year, scored an awful lot of goals. But I think Sheffield United will be the ones that will struggle. I just don't think they're going to have enough to keep out enough goals to keep themselves up, personally. Yeah. And then I'm going to say Bournemouth. The reason is because they're brought in this attacking manager in Areola. And I think they're going to be fun, but I think they're going to concede an awful lot of goals. <laughs> and I think uh, this season, by the way, we've got so many attacking managers now. We're going to have yeah. goals galore, aren't we? But I, I just, I see this being another season where they they really struggle. And I think they're going to go down. They did really well last year. And I think they were right to change their manager. But I, I still think they're going to go down, unfortunately. It will be interesting because uh, I was talking to a Bournemouth fan. And actually, their owners said mm. they're going to be surprised by the players they sign. They're very willing to spend money. So if they can actually do that, 
it'll be interesting yeah. to see if they can stay up. Sheffield United, I, I think I agree as well. I know I said about the 12th man before, but I think they're on limited budget this, this summer. And yeah. a lot of their players, I personally just don't think are good enough. And somehow Everton are going to avoid it again, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, well, they were the other team I was thinking because yeah. there's just nothing there. There's just, I'm looking at their team. Don't get me wrong. They had one or two players that tried to do well in the circumstances like McNeil and Awobi. De- you know, Calvert-Lewin is never fit. He's literally never fit. And they th- do they still have Mopé? I think they've still got Mopé. Yeah, it's not great. Waste of time. Yeah. Um, so, and like you said, they've, they've completely overhauled their defence. So... Uh, I struggle to see how they're going to do well. They could be one of those teams that just get sucked into it, but you're hoping that Sean Dyche has a bit about him that he can keep him out of there, but we'll see. They are a weird team now because they've been done for financial fair play as well, aren't they? Yeah. They've um, sold a couple of their younger stars. I saw they sold like their 18-year-old left-back to Chelsea for four mil, which, to be fair, he might be great, but to get four mil out of a youth product yeah. is ridiculous. And then Sims for eight mil yeah. going to the championship. So... Again, if I feel like they need to sell someone big, kind of like Wolves did with Neves. They need that yeah. money to kind of rebuild. So again, I think although I'm saying the quality is getting better in the division, there are a lot of teams that are going to struggle again. And obviously that yeah. makes it more interesting for us. <laughs> sure. So it will be a really interesting season. Well, that is it for today. That's been the FPL 23-24 season preview. I've been here with FPL Mode, aka Andy. Do you have anything else you want to say? Plug anything before you go, mate? No, just uh, if you're not watching already, uh, we'll be on Scoutcast every Monday. Me, Seven Rich. Uh, make sure you come and join us. And if you join Scout, it's thirty percent off at the moment. I'll be killed by my uh, by my manager <laughs> if I don't say that. Uh, make sure you join, and then you can watch an extra video with me on a Friday night if it's a Saturday deadline with Mark. So if you want to come and do that, you're more than welcome to. Massive thanks for coming on. I've been Luke Weezer Seychelles. This has been Toto Football. Be sure to give it a follow, share this around, and I'll see you later.